listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Uh, So let me jump in because today... I do want to cover something that we talk about in the book, um, but I'm going to, as you saw in the title, I'm going to talk about five common reasons that fasting fails. Five common reasons that fasting fails. Ben Jerome, thank you, my friend. I love you, buddy. Happy New Year to you and your wife. We love you. Um, And the reason I want to talk about this is before we get in uh, to fasting, starting on Saturday, I want you to be equipped with some information ahead of time so that you can guard yourself from this because these are common reasons that fasting does fail in the lives of believers. And I think if we cover, if we cover them ahead of time, you can guard yourself against uh, failing in your fast. You know, one of the things that I put in the frequently asked questions section of the book, people ask me this all the time, like, hey, if I, if I mess up, you know, can I, can I get back on the fast? Can I jump back on the fast? The answer is yes, obviously. You don't want to mess up. You don't want to break your fast and let your flesh take over. I've been there. Other people have been there throughout their life. I used to hate fasting with a passion, hated it. Uh, cause I love to eat as most people do, but, oh, that's very kind, Brian. Very kind. But you understand that it's a spiritual discipline that has to be uh, cultivated. I mean, you have to stay on it. You have to do it. And so I'm going to give you five reasons today why many people fail in their fasting attempts. As I go through them, I'm sure you'll say like, man, that's me. I've, I've been there, done that before. If you've attempted fasting before and you never jumped off early, you know, I was notorious for doing that when I was younger. You can even come up with you know, verbiage that makes it sound super spiritual, you know, when you're getting off your fast that you plan to do for a certain period of time, you know, you say, well, you know, I felt a release in my spirit uh, today. I feel like I've done what the Lord wanted me to do. And, and truly uh, you can say that and people can't argue with you because they can't say you didn't hear from the Lord. And, uh, but there's all kinds of, of stuff you can do to just get off your fast. But I want to encourage you. Yeah. I felt a release yeah, it's funny how I always felt a release in my spirit when driving by McDonald's. It was very amazing. Um, that's always when I, God would release me. Um, but you have to, you have to know that God has a plan to bless you. And, uh, and this is one of the ways that provokes his favor. You humble yourself and you put yourself in position to be blessed. So I want to give you these five and I want you to write them down that, uh, that will keep you from breaking your fast, failing in fasting, and uh, it'll help you to stay on. It'll help you to stay strong and it'll help you to get the breakthrough that you're believing for, which is what we're going for. We want to receive a breakthrough from the Lord. So, uh, I want you to go with me and I'm going to read these to you. This is found. This is one of the chapters, uh, at the end, you'll find this, uh, I wrote on it a little bit. And I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit more in depth, uh, today and talk to you about it. But these are what I've found for myself and I, and many others that I've talked to, but I want to deal with this one first because it was my main reason 
that I always failed in fasting. And that is this. Number one, if you're taking notes, write it down. The number one reason that fasting commonly fails is because people don't understand the purpose of fasting. That's number one. And I want you to put that in because this is what ends up happening to people, especially if, you know, because think about it. Fasting is not a subject that's often taught about in church anymore. I mean, very few people, very few churches are doing corporate fasts. Very few churches are teaching on fasting and prayer, let alone doing it. And so because it's not necessarily commonly taught or commonly practiced, uh, finding ministries that do it are few and far between. And so people don't understand. That's why I wrote the book. That's why I was led to write it is because it's so uh, infrequently taught on that people don't understand fasting. They, they don't even know why you would do it. In fact, some people think it's just like some kind of religious tradition, like doing like what Muslims do during Ramadan or doing what, you know, other religions may, may practice, but it's not the same. And, and it's not just asceticism, it's, it's deeper. It's a spiritual principle that brings blessing. And when you don't understand the purpose of fasting, then if you think that all that fasting does is weaken your flesh, uh, then you're like, well, you know, I feel like my, my flesh has been sufficiently weakened. You know, it's like, if you don't understand why we fast, that's why when I was younger, you know, I used to hate it. I put this story in the book, but I, you know, I used to like, I used to sneak across town to a place where I felt like nobody knew, would know it was me go into a 7-Eleven and, you know, get like a bag full of taquitos and, you know, crush them before I even got back in the car. You know, I used to sneak out to eat and eat when nobody's, I, I didn't do it because I didn't understand it. And I didn't understand the power of it. Didn't understand the purpose of it. Didn't understand what it would do if you would engage like the Bible teaches to engage in fasting and prayer. And so I didn't, because I didn't understand the benefits, I didn't uh, accept the discipline. I didn't do it. And that's, that's why I want to start with that today, because if you will understand the true purpose of fasting, that's why a, a lot of this in the book I've dedicated, I start the book with 10 reasons uh, to fast and pray. Yeah, Kemba, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, I start the book with 10 reasons to fast and pray. And I give them the reason I wanted to do that rather than just like define fasting first or anything is because I want you to know why we should do this. You know, what, what's the selling point for you and for me about fasting? Why, what are the benefits? So we talk about the reasons to fast and pray. And then by the end of the book, we deal with the supernatural benefits. We deal with the natural benefits. We deal about, we deal with the power of self-denial, the supernatural power. It's all in the book. But what I want you to see is it's not an arbitrary thing. It's something God designed to allow us to access his power and his presence and to receive uh, the breakthroughs that we're believing for. So that's why we teach so deeply about it is because I want you to understand it truly is a spiritual discipline. It is not some natural thing, um, you know, that's just there to weaken your flesh. No, it actually contains supernatural benefits. Now, let me say this also. Fasting by itself does nothing. Fasting in the Bible is to always be accompanied by prayer. I want to make that plain. 
Fasting alone does nothing. But fasting and prayer are prescribed in the Bible. And when you fast, obviously you should be praying. And so I do want to deal with that because there are people who will fast, but they, they'll waste the time that they're spending fasting. They waste it. You might as well not fast. If you're going to fast, then pray, study the word, be in God's presence. And so many people, they, they just, they, because they don't understand the power of it, the purpose of it, they just flippantly do it. In fact, I'll deal with this for a moment. It's very interesting to me that when the average Christian, and I may lose some viewers on this part, but it's interesting to me when the average Christian chooses to fast, probably 80 some percent of them choose or more, choose the Daniel fast. Well, I'm doing the Daniel fast this year. I'm doing the Daniel fast. I do a whole chapter in the book on the Daniel fast, but let me say this. Doesn't it seem interesting to you that nobody else in the Bible, nobody, not one person engaged in what we refer to as the Daniel fast. Nobody in the Bible did it. Nobody. And even Daniel didn't really do it because, uh, when you study the book of Daniel and it's what, what we talk about when we're talking about the Daniel fast is really referred to in Daniel chapter 10 as he's waiting on a, an answer from the Lord. Uh, and the Bible says, and in that time he ate no uh, meat or pleasant bread, the Bible says. Um, the Bible never does say he was fasting. Never once does it use the term fast uh, or the Hebrew ter term psalm. Uh, it never says that he was fasting. And that's, in, that, that's important because if you go one chapter before that, Daniel chapter 9, the Bible says Daniel had discovered Jeremiah's prophecies and began to read them. And as he read them, it, it so grieved his spirit what had been prophesied would happen to the children of Israel that he began to fast and pray. Daniel chapter 9 says that Daniel fasted and prayed. In Daniel 10, when he's waiting for an answer, and we take that as the, as the basis for the Daniel fast, the Bible never says he fasted. It just listed what he ate. doesn't say he fasted. And nobody else in the entire Bible ever did what we call the Daniel fast. And that's because I don't believe that it is a fast. I don't believe that it's something prescribed by the Bible. I don't, buy, I don't believe that it's something, and we know it's, it's not something that anyone did. Anybody that fasted in the Bible didn't eat food. Anybody. Absolutely everyone, including Daniel, when you go one chapter before, he ate no food. Everyone who fasted ate nothing. And that's what fasting is. And it's interesting to me that when Christians, especially modern day Christians, choose to quote unquote fast, they always choose the only fast where you can eat food. <laughs> it's because the Bible, or excuse me, your body wants to please the flesh. There's no quicker way of crucifying the flesh than removing calories from the flesh. No quicker way to subdue your flesh than to weaken it by reducing its calories to nothing or whatever you're drinking. I'm just telling you, you can fast video games all you want, TV all you want, movies all you want, entertainment all you want. It won't have the same effect on your body that fasting food does. It won't because that's what God prescribed and that is what takes that carnal nature and subdues it.
That's exactly what happens. And so the reason I want you to see that is because did you know you can do something like the Daniel fast? I put, in fact, just to show you how absurd it is, I put Daniel fast recipes, <laughs> like examples of what you can eat in that chapter. You can eat a lot of food, a lot. You can gain weight on the Daniel fast. That's exactly right. You can gain weight on the Daniel fast. <laughs> it's not crucifying your flesh. It's not what Jesus did. It's not what the apostles did. It's not what Daniel did. And so understand that it's very specific. Fasting is a specific thing and it's an important thing and it carries power when you couple it with fasting. Carries power and I list all that for you to see. So yeah, buddy said, when I used to do the Daniel fast, I ate a lot of salsa and corn chips. <laughs> I was pretty pathetic. Now, I understand that. And the food is enjoyable, Janine. That's exactly right. So you, you have to understand that one of the purposes, not the only purpose, but one of the purposes of fasting is to subdue or crucify the flesh without question. And so that's why when we do it, we do it the Bible way. That's why when I titled this book, it was a complete guide to biblical fasting. I didn't just say fasting because I want us to understand other religions fast. The, the Muslims fast, you know, Jews fast. When I talk about biblical fasting, I want to talk about Christian. This isn't fasting for health benefits. It's not intermittent fasting. This is biblical fasting. What Jesus expected of his followers, what they did in the Old Testament, what they did in the New. And so if we don't understand uh, the purpose of fasting, then we won't fast. If we don't understand what the point of it is, we won't do it. We won't do it. If we can't see the benefits, if we can't see the promises, if we can't see what God created it to do, we would never engage in it. We would never engage in it because the flesh will fight against it too strong. Yeah, Erica said, witches fast. The fl Here's the thing. The flesh fights against it uh, too strong. When you come down to something, that's why many Christians have been able to talk themselves out of fasting is because the flesh is constantly rising up, especially in the fast, screaming out for food. Screaming out for food and calories. I remember one, I remember one time I was getting ready to get life insurance. And uh, <laughs> I, got, I, got, uh, I got the lady, that, you know, she had to come to our house to do all the tests on me for, for life insurance. So she was coming, taking all of my, you know, everything. Blood, took, took the, you know, uh, you know, tested my heart, all that stuff. And so it was in January in the midst of... Uh, a 21 day fast and we were coming to the end of it. And so she's got her clipboard out and she's like, all right. And she's like, and how old are you? All right. And she's putting all this stuff down and then she goes, okay. And when was the last time you had a meal? When was the last time you ate? And I was like 18 days ago, <laughs> her head popped up. She was like that you ate food. I was like, yeah, 18 days ago. She's like, why? I was like, oh, because our church uh, is on a fast. We, you know, we're fasting right now. And she, like, I thought like maybe she would say something. She was like, I need to send my husband over to your church. <laughs> Apparently she thought her husband was fat. Anyway, you won't, you won't do it. I mean, nobody's flesh wants to do it. My flesh doesn't want to do it. Jesus flesh didn't want to do it. That's why the Bible tells us that when Jesus was done fasting, the Bible says, and afterward he hungered, he was hungry. His flesh didn't want to fast. He was hungry. It, here, here's, a, here's a thought for you. If you think what Jesus did in the wilderness was some supernatural thing, 
then why was it a temptation when the devil showed up to him and said, if you're truly the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Why would that be a temptation if what Jesus was doing was a supernatural fast where he wasn't hungry? No, it was tempting because he wanted bread. Jesus' body wanted bread. And the Bible says, and afterward he hungered. He was hungry. His flesh had to be subdued just like our flesh. He was giving us an example of what we're to do with our physical bodies. And so you've got to understand the purpose of fasting. And if you don't, that's the, the reason I'm mentioning it first is it will kick you out. You will immediately, first time you get the urge to quit, you will quit. Trust me on that. You'll sneak across town to a 7-Eleven and get taquitos just like I did. Uh, maybe not that, but you will quit. You'll eat something. But number two, I want to deal with this because here's where if you don't understand how to conduct yourself during a fast, you can, you can actually uh, be wasting your time, but also it'll cause your fast to fail. You'll break your fast. And that is while you're fasting, you should still be heavily feeding your spirit. Let me deal with that. When you are fasting, you need to be heavily feeding your spirit. Definitely. And Jesus, uh, in his temptation, Jesus dealt with this uh, when he was being tempted by the devil and quoted the book of Deuteronomy uh, to Satan in the midst of his temptation. And obviously... Satan came, tried to get him out of his fast, tried to get him to turn stones into bread, eat, break the fast. But notice what he said. Matthew chapter four and verse four, Jesus replied, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see that? Jesus replied, I'm not out here trying to get natural bread. I'm here trying to receive spiritual bread. That's what I'm looking for. I need the word of God to come to me. And the word of God, if you didn't know, is bread from heaven. Jesus, who by the way, is the word made flesh. The Bible says in John chapter six or John chapter one, he's the word made flesh and dwelt among us. But in John chapter six, what does he say? I am the bread that has come down from heaven. I am the bread. So the word made flesh is the bread made flesh because the word of God is spiritual bread. And Jesus understood it, which is why he replied like he did to Satan. Man shall not live by bread alone, natural bread, but by every word. Man doesn't need natural bread only, needs spiritual bread. And I will tell you this, if you're not engaged in the spiritual disciplines, I can tell you this from experience, if you're not engaged in the spiritual disciplines that go along with fasting, your fasting not only will become meaningless, it will be a burden to you. It'll become a burden to you. Whereas if you're engaged in the spiritual disciplines that accompany fasting, your fasting won't be a burden. It will actually be a wonderful thing. It'll be a glorious thing where God's speaking to you, where you're refreshed, you're renewed, you're stirred up in your spirit. Let me tell you, 
Yes, you can take communion while fasting. Just don't drink like an entire gallon of grape juice and eat an entire loaf of bread. It's like, that was communion. No, you can take a little cracker and, 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 a, and a little juice. That's fine. But um, understand this. When you engage, I can tell you from experience, people say like, oh man, aren't you like totally worn out through 21 or 30 days of fasting? I feel energized. My, my friend, uh, Pastor Brian Wright is on. He's fasted multiple times for 40 days. Does your body get tired from time to time? Yes. But you feel energized in your spirit and many times, and I can tell you many times, I feel energized in my body. Say, aren't you tired? No, I feel energized. I don't feel, uh, I don't feel like I got to crash all the time. I'm, I feel like I'm ready to go, like go hard. It's a supernatural strength. What you're operating on is not a natural strength, but a supernatural strength. And one of the ways to do that is to fill your spirit with divine bread, which is the word of God every day, which is why we're starting this plan. One of the reasons anyway, during this fast is because I want you to have a goal. Hopefully you can see this is all working together. Now it's all working together at the beginning of the year to start our year, right? We're not just going to fast and pray, but we purposely put together a Bible reading plan so that as you're fasting, as you're praying, you also have a goal for Bible reading. We weren't going to just leave that up to chance and say, we'll just read whatever you want. We want to not only fast together, pray together, but let's read together. And one of the things that's going to happen as we read is that we're going to receive supernatural strength into our physical bodies as we read God's word. Let me read to you from uh, the book of Proverbs chapter four and listen to uh, verses 20 through 22. The Bible says, my son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health or healing to all their flesh. So God's word, when it comes to you, it's supernatural life and supernatural healing. Uh, Jeremy and Chelsea Cobb asking, uh, is it on the app? Do we need to sign up for it? You can actually download it for free right now at miracleword.com forward slash study, study. And you'll get the uh, PDF with the plan and get it all. We're going to email it tomorrow as well. For anybody that's not a part of the email list, if you'd like to get on it, sign up at miracleword.com forward slash live. And so you need to feed your spirit with the word of God. Uh, and I'll tell you this, this also is a huge thing. Take time. Of course, you're doing that like, like this morning, every morning. Um, take the time to listen to preaching and teaching. Read the word for yourself and then take the time to listen to preaching and teaching. It'll build your spirit, man. It will build your faith. It will stir you up. I like what Ezekiel said when he was receiving his call. He said, the word came unto me. I heard him speaking unto me and his word entered in, into me and set me upon my feet. The word entered into me and set me upon my feet. The word will establish you as you hear it preached, as you read it. It will establish you. It will set you, as Ezekiel said, upon your feet. Paul wrote to the Ephesian elders or was speaking to the Ephesian elders in the book of Acts. 
Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. And he said, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance, an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. So Paul was teaching there that the word of God is able to build you up, like we're talking about right now, and to give you your inheritance. So as you're fasting, don't lay off the word of God, press into the word of God. I'm just going to say it right now, and I, and I want you, I'm going to say this, and I want you to fast. I want you to fast with us. But if you're going to fast and not do any of these things, you're just on a hunger strike. You're literally just starving yourself and it's not worth doing. It's not worth doing. If you're, listen, if you're going to fast and not do the things we're talking about in this broadcast, I'm just telling you, don't fast because you're wasting your time. In fact, even Bishop Oyedepo said the same thing. He said, if you're fasting and you're not dedicating yourself to God for at least an hour of day, eat something. Because it's, it's a waste of your time. It's starvation. It has no spiritual benefit whatsoever. No spiritual benefit. It's simply starvation. And so don't do it. But if you're going to enter in with us, let's do what the Bible says to do. Number one, we're going to know the purpose of what fasting does and what fasting is. And of course, I've given you an entire book to start through the fast. But number two, we're going to get into God's word, read the word, ingest the word, and listen to preaching and teaching. Listen to that preaching and teaching to build your faith, to perfect you as a saint. And that's what we need to do. And so the word of God is bread to those that receive it. Number three, the third area we must understand, and this is a big one, obviously, is that while you're fasting, you need to be praying a significant amount of time. Pray for a significant amount of time. The reason we give you a, um, and, and there's no commanded amount of time in the Bible. Listen, just as there's no commanded length of time to fast, there's no commanded length of time to pray. Just so that we clear that up. because And I put that as a chapter in the book, how long should I fast? There is no command in the Bible that tells you how long you should fast, but we have examples and we can look at what Jesus and the apostles did. And then same with prayer. Even though the Bible doesn't give us a length of time that we should pray, the reason you often hear me encourage people that if they're fasting, to pray for at least an hour a day. Why so? Well, that sounds legalistic. No, we're basing that on New Testament narrative or New Testament example. So uh, where we take that from is when Jesus was fasting and or when Jesus was praying with his disciples in the garden of Gethsemane, he brings them in to pray. He goes further. And how long did he come back? Came back after an hour. They're sleeping. He wakes them up and says to them, could you not tarry with me for even an hour? And when he said that, it sounds like, doesn't it? That Jesus did not think from the way he's speaking, he didn't think an hour was a long time to pray. The way Jesus spoke to his disciples, he said, couldn't you even tarry with me for one hour? Seemingly a short amount of time to pray, according to Christ. Then we see that replicated in the New Testament book of Acts. 
Acts chapter 3, where were Peter and John going in Acts chapter 3? They were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. So it seems as though that there was a dedicated hour of prayer daily for the Christians in the early church. And so I'm not making that a legalistic thing, but what I am saying is if you're going to go to the the, the the depth of dedication to fast and to completely cut food out, then do what Jesus seemed, seemed to consider the minimum, an hour of prayer. Shanda said, would it be wrong to invite others in my church to do this with me? Absolutely not. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. And so, morning, Deb. So what, I, what I'm encouraging you to do is, if you're going to be fasting with us, which I encourage you to do, Spend time in prayer. Pray for at least an hour a day. I mean, I mean that. Because otherwise, what's the point? Like, if you're not going to read the Word, if you're not going to pray, you might as well eat. Because, you know, don't do it to keep up with the victory tribe. Don't do it to just because everybody else is doing it. Doing it because you're pressing in for God to touch you and to change your life. And to bring them answers to prayer that you've been believing for and, and make it serious. You know, I understand uh, that it's, it is a dedicated and disciplined thing, but fasting is not meant to be a vacation. It's, it's not a vacation. It is dedication. It is a humbling of yourself unto God. Otherwise, it's, it's just a diet. It's not even that. It's starvation. What's up, Lilia? So I'm encouraging you. Not only don't just fast, read the word daily. Pray for at least an hour a day. Pray for at least an hour. And if you've got to get up earlier during your fast, do it. But make these two things the first thing you do in the morning. The reason I say that, not to be legalistic, but they will start your day right. They'll start your day right. They will start you in strength. They will start you in wisdom. They will start you in uh, power. You know, they'll open your spirit up to the supernatural realm, let God speak to you, guide you, lead you. And so understand that. Yeah, miracleword.com forward slash study. That's exactly right. And so we understand, number one, the purpose of fasting. Number two, we understand that as we fast, we must read the word. Spend time reading the word. Number three, we must pray. One of the nice things I did in this book is that not only did I tell you, there's a whole chapter on how should I pray when I fast? What should I pray for when I fast? We do a whole chapter on that, and I give you biblically things that you should be praying for topically, and then at the end of this book, prayer points to help you in your devotional time. A hundred prayer points to help you in your devotional time at the end of the book. So it's all, it's all in one. We've put it all into one uh, package for you. So we're praying. We're reading the word. We understand our purpose. Number four, the fourth thing that we've got to get or else it causes us to fail in fasting is, and I put it in the book this way, not separating yourself. Here on the paper, I wrote down position. You're out of position. Not separating yourself is number four. One of the things, and, and, and I do want to, make this point very um, specifically. I want to kind of explain it or break it down. 
one of the things that pulls people out of their fast is that they don't separate themselves in times of fasting and prayer. They don't separate themselves, uh, they don't position themselves correctly in times of fasting and prayer. What do I mean by that? When you fast and pray, it's not a time to do everything else that everyone else is doing who's not fasting. It's not a time to continue engaging in every other thing that you normally do. It really is, and get this, it's a time to withdraw. Fasting, and I, I understand that we can't withdraw totally from life. I understand that. I understand you still have a job. You gotta go to work. You gotta do, I mean, there's things you have to do. I get that. But it's also not a time to do every other thing that you would normally do. So what, what do you say? So what do you mean by that? Like, how do I judge that? How do I gauge that? Well, let me give you a few examples. If you don't separate yourself in a time of fasting and prayer, it does put you in danger of breaking your fast. Um, there will always, it never fails. When I'm getting ready to go on a fast, and then people start inviting you out for dinner, inviting you out to do stuff, wanting you to come over to the house. All the, I mean, it never fails. It, it always happens. And so, uh, pull away for the time of fasting and prayer. Pull away. It's not a time to be going out. There'll always be birthday dinners. There'll always be, there's always going to be things like that. Always going to be things like that. But take time to fast and pray and pull yourself away to separate yourself. The, what I teach in the book is, it's interesting, isn't it? That when Jesus was led to fast and pray, where was he led to go? Into the wilderness. See, you have to create a wilderness for yourself in the time of fasting and prayer. Otherwise, you can be wrapped up and engaged with all of the other things people are doing. Well, come on, we're going, we're going out shopping. We're going to the mall. We're going to hang out. But then you get there. They're hanging in the food court. They're all eating Chick-fil-A. You're sitting there hungry because you're fasting. It's more of a temptation. You're not focused on seeking God. You're doing other things. What about uh, things like working out? That's why when we're, we're fasting for an extended period of time, I don't, I encourage people not to continue their workout plan during extending, extended fasting and prayer. Don't go to the gym the same way you would, uh, you know, cause all you're doing, you're burning more calories than you're making yourself even hungrier than you were before. You're already burning calories by fasting, you know? So it's a time to pull away. I make this point in the book, and I know it's hard for people to hear. It is hard for people to hear. If you're so wrapped up in your exercise routine that you cannot break away from your workouts for seven days, 14 days, 21 days, listen to me, working out exercise has become a God in your life. It's controlling you. Think about this. It is now in control of you because what you're saying is I can't engage in a spiritual discipline that Jesus commanded because I'm, I've got to work out. If I don't work out, I'll lose my gains. I'll lose whatever progress I've made. What you're saying effectively is that my gains, my workouts, my all, all what I'm doing with my physical body is more important than obeying the expectation of Christ to fast and pray. And so that, that's what ends up happening.
is that people are so wrapped up in their workout culture that they can't stop to fast and pray. I'm telling you, it's become an idol. It's become a God. You know, that's why I believe it's not an accident that the apostle Paul, when writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy, wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8, listen to this. He said, while bodily exercise or training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. Physical exercise doesn't have anywhere close to the same amount of benefits as godliness or spiritual exercise. And so let me be very clear about this. While you're fasting and praying, pull back, pull back into your own wilderness, pull back and let God speak. Don't, it's not a time to be hanging out with everybody, going out with your friends, going to dinners, going to birthday parties. It's not a time for that. If you're serious about it, pull back, pull back. So, so let, let me show you something really, the Lord showed me and this was like, man, that's eye opening, very eye opening. Um, let me see here. It's in the book of Genesis. Go with me to the book of Genesis, by the way. Genesis 32. I was in the right place. Look at this. This opened my eyes. Genesis chapter 32. I was looking at the story and studying the story about Jacob. When Jacob was getting ready to have his name changed and he was getting ready to become Israel, he wanted an encounter with God. I'm in Genesis 32. Trish, are you telling me to go for walks in nature or just anybody that's fasting and praying? <laughs> go for walks in nature. Um, Jacob wrestles with God. But I was studying this passage again and something other than his wrestling stood out to me. Something other than his blessing stood out to me. Something other than his name change stood out to me. Look at this. Uh, the Bible says in the 22nd verse of Genesis 32, listen, the same night Jacob arose and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok, the Jabbok River. And he took them, this, this is huge, see this. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, that's verse 23, or 24. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Note, notice this. This is very huge. Notice that he didn't have an encounter with God. He didn't wrestle with God. He didn't meet with God until what? He removed every distraction. Do you see that? Sent his wives, his wives over, his children over, his servants over. And the Bible says, and all that he had. Sent his possessions over. He sent his laptop over, his iPad over, his iPhone over, his video games over. He sent everything 
across the river. And I love that phrase, and he was left alone. That's big. That's big. Note, and the Lord showed me this. He said, do you notice that I did not meet with him? I did not, ha he didn't have an encounter with me until he let himself be alone. But notice this. It's not that they left him. He sent them across. So, so I want you to see this. He actively made sure he was free from distraction. He actively made sure. I'm telling you this because this will help you immensely. Ensure that you'll be free from distractions. In fact, I want every person watching to write it in the comments today. Remove distractions. Remove distractions. And many people, they break because they've not positioned themselves. They've not created a wilderness. They're doing everything else that they normally do. It's not any different than any other day in life. And they get pulled into situations. They get tired. They're doing stuff they shouldn't be doing while they're fasting and praying. And, and as a result, the distractions destroy their dedication. The distractions destroy their dedication. No question. And so what are we going to do? It's not a long period of time. I mean, when you tell people that don't understand this stuff, you know, they're like, you're not going to eat for 21 days. But in, in all reality, right, 21 days is not a long period of time. You know, it's, it's, it goes by quickly. I mean, we're already at the end of December. feels like we just, we just had Thanksgiving, it feels like. You know, 20, 31 days. It goes quickly. And so I want you to hear this. It's not a long period of time. You can, there's nothing that's so important in your life that you can't push it off for 21 days. Now, listen, let me, let me give you a little side note here. Maybe you live in a home, wives, where you're a Christian, your husband's not, and he's not going to be fasting with you for 21 days. That doesn't mean that like cooking dinner for him is a distraction. Like I'm not cooking for 21 days because I'm fast. No, no. You still, no, it's three, three weeks, 21 days. You still have to do what you're, you know, you still have to go to work. You still have, all the same stuff is true, but you don't do extra. I have not been fasting since I was two. I can tell you that. I can tell you that, but you, you still have to do what you, your responsibilities call for you to do. But don't throw extra stuff on yourself. Don't be doing everything else and, and, and adding extra to your plate. It's not the time for that. Take care of your family without question. Take care of your family. You know, I write in the book, you know, you shouldn't expect your children to fast. You know, in fact, doctors don't even recommend that children fast before puberty. It's, it's, they're still in their developmental stages. Don't fast if you're pregnant. You know, take care of yourself. But when you're doing it, be very serious about it. Be very serious about it. And then finally, the fifth thing I want to talk about that really does, and you say, well, that's, that sounds, obviously, that's true, obviously. Well, but let me talk about it. The fifth thing that keeps people from their breakthrough, if they fail in fasting, is because people don't start. You say, well, that sounds obvious. You know, obviously fasting doesn't work if you don't fast. Yes, fasting doesn't work if you don't fast. You know, I write in the book like, it, 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 because, you know, because there's no, let, let me say it this way. Just because there's no commanded length 
of fasting in scripture, I write this in the book, that doesn't mean that you can choose to fast for zero days. You're not allowed as a Christian to choose to fast for zero days. There has to be some days because Jesus has the expectation. He said, I will be taken away from my people, my followers, my disciples, and then they will fast. They will fast. So although they didn't have an an explicit command from Christ about how long to fast, notice that they still were deep in dedication after Jesus left. We have historical record, historical record that the early church fasted two days every week, two non-consecutive days, non-consecutive days, every single week, every single week. I believe it was Wednesdays and Fridays because I think the Pharisees fasted on Mondays and Thursdays and they didn't want to copy what they were doing. And I think it was Wednesdays and Fridays every single week. They fasted. Well, that wasn't them saying, well, Jesus is gone. You know, we'll just give him the bare minimum in fasting. No, they did two days a week for 300 years until about the peace of the church. Constantine, uh, you know, brought about the peace of the church, made it a state religion. So understand something. It wasn't like, well, he didn't tell us how long to fast. We're not, we're going to do it one day a year. No, they did it two, they did it a hundred and what would that be? 104, that that be right? 104 times a year? 52 times two, yes. 104, they fasted for 104 days a year. Christians, I don't recommend having milkshakes or smoothies when you're fasting, Hilda, unless you work like construction or in a physically demanding job that you have to have energy. Just drink water, drink juice, drink tea, drink coffee. But think about that. This is how they thought. We're looking at the narrative of the apostles and the early church Christians. Jesus didn't give them a length. He said, but you will fast. Look what their dedication was. 104 days a year of fasting, two days a week. They took it seriously. They took it very seriously, very seriously. So when I say this as number five, one of the things that, uh, that, that, uh, you know, cancels out the power of fasting or uh, fasting causes fasting to fail. People don't start. People don't start. It, it always gets pushed off to later. Always gets pushed off to the future. Oh, I will. I'm going to, I'm going to fast one of these days. I am going to fast. You know, you can have good intentions, but that doesn't mean you're in obedience. God doesn't judge your intentions. He judges your actions. And I want you to put that in the comments. God doesn't judge your intentions. He judges your actions, what you actually do. And there's a parable in scripture that actually proves that point. The Bible said a father had two sons and he told one, one of the sons, go out and do this. And the son was like, okay, uh, father, I'll do it. And he went out and did not do the thing his father told him to do. And then he said to his other son, go out and do this. And his son said, I'm not doing that. And then the son went out and obeyed and actually did do what the father said. Which one is the father pleased with? The one who said he would and didn't, or the one who said he wouldn't, but then did. See, it's not your intention. It's what you actually do, what you actually do. Question, when is this ministry fasting? Has somebody asked that? Go a little higher. I missed it. So when is this ministry fasting? January the 2nd 
through the 22nd. That's when we're fasting. 21 days, January the 2nd through the 22nd. Put it in the comments. God doesn't judge your intentions. He judges your actions, what you actually do. And that's what that parable is all about. The one did not intend to obey, and then he obeyed. And that's the one the father was pleased with. And so we've got to realize this. We can't choose to not start. We can't say, well, you know, there is no, you can't hold me accountable. There is no command in the Bible for how long we're to fast. Yeah, but you can't choose zero days. <laughs> that's the only length you can't choose. You can choose one day, three days, seven days, 10 days. Can't choose zero days. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. And so please understand how serious Christians took this after Jesus commanded it. Wasn't like they did it on the day of atonement once a year. They weren't doing it. You know, they were doing it weekly. They felt now here's what's interesting to me. They felt with what God had called them to do that it was important enough to engage in fasting and prayer twice a week. And that's not, listen to me, that is not a small level of dedication. No, I add cream to my coffee, Ida. I drink, I drink cream in my coffee while I'm fasting. You know, cream's still a liquid, milk's a liquid you can add. We, we, we're drinking all liquids. We're just not having smoothies and milkshakes and food. But I mean, think about that. That's not small dedication to the Lord. Two days a week, that's serious. <laughs> that's, that's, a third, that's almost a third of your year in fasting. They took what he said very seriously. And you can see the effect that it had. The early church exploded. It exploded. I mean, even 300 years of intense persecution and it blew up all over the world, blew up all over the world. I attribute much of that to their fasting and prayer, their fasting and prayer. Because as you look in the book of Acts and you see they're establishing churches and calling out elders, look what they're doing. To download the PDF, you go to miracleword.com forward slash study. And so I don't even know, Pastor Bill, what a Jewish fast is. But I, 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 in the book, I'm just going by biblical fasting, not eating food, just like it was replicated all, at all places in the Bible, uh, just not eating. And so one of the things that I want to encourage you is they took this very seriously. Um, and you can see the explosion of church growth. You look at the book of Acts and the Bible says they got to a place, they're planning a church, getting that place where the church is now uh, in need because now more and more people are being saved. Now they need leadership. They need to appoint elders. What do they do? Fast and pray, fast and pray, fast and pray. And you can see it happening. Still fast, fast Ida, fast and pray. And so I want, I want you to see this. They saw the power of it and they saw the fruit of it as it exploded and the church exploded. I mean, in the midst of extreme persecution, when people should have folded, should have just quit, say, I'm not going to be a Christian, there's a death sentence to it. No, they, uh, people were jumping on board by the thousands, by the thousands. 
churches being planted all over the place, blowing up, fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer. The apostle Paul was a man of fasting and prayer. Jesus was a man of fasting and prayer. The disciples, the early church, the Old Testament saints, people of fasting and prayer. Because one of the things that we have to realize, and here's why it's so important, is that, uh, and I deal with this as well, literally when I say a complete God, I try to put everything in there that you would need to know. But let me, let me, before I pray for you, let me explain a concept to you that will really help you to understand. In physics, there is something called the laws of thermodynamics. The second law of thermodynamics is a law called entropy. And all that really means is that in any given system, without any kind of control, if you don't take care of something, if you don't take control of something or maintain it, everything degrades towards disorder or chaos. So a perfect example of that would be, um, you know, look, go to the beach and build a sandcastle on the shore. If you come back the next day and then the next day, nobody's touched it, the sandcastle is going to look less and less like you built it. It's going to diminish. It's going to start to fall apart. The wind, the tides, people walking by. It's not going to get more and more detailed as the days go by. It's going to get less and less detailed. It's going to fall apart. That's entropy. Anything left to its own devices degrades into chaos or disorder. The same is true with your life. If you do not take control, that's why I believe that self-control is the most powerful fruit of the Spirit because all of the fruit of the Spirit are choices, including love. And if you don't have self-control, you won't operate in any of the nine. But without control, and you need to take control over your flesh, Paul said that. He did it daily. I subdue my flesh on a daily basis so that after having preach to others, I'll not become a castaway. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. So he understood that if I don't take control of my flesh, it will degrade into chaos and I'll become a reprobate, a castaway. Fasting and prayer are two ways that we take control of the flesh nature. And here's the problem. The flesh nature is not to be taken lightly. It is a force to destroy what God has called you to do. And so let me read to you what Paul wrote to the church in, in Galatia, uh, Galatians chapter five. Listen to verse 16. Any liquids, Catherine, we're drinking any liquids. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now listen to verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these two are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Who's the you he's talking about? Your spirit man. The, the renewed man. You can't do what you want to do for the Lord if your flesh is not subdued and you don't walk by the spirit. So what do you have to do? You have to take actions that will subdue the flesh nature, the carnal nature. One of the ways to do that is through fasting and prayer. Obviously, you can't fast every day of your life for the rest of your life, but it helps in that time that we're dedicating, and we, I believe you should do it throughout your year, not just once a year, but throughout the year as the disciples did. But here's why. 
Because if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. But the works of the flesh are evident. And he goes through them, what they all are, and how they destroy the life. But then he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And so I want you to see this. Walk by the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, because they are against the Spirit. They're against the Spirit. So the point I'm making about the law of entropy is that if you don't keep control, if you don't take control, let the Spirit help you take control, then your life will degrade into chaos. You just look at people that don't take care of the, the things in their life. You look at, look at anything you don't control or take care of will fall apart. You don't care for your relationships, they'll fall apart. You don't care for your money, it'll fall apart. Don't care for your health, it'll fall apart. Don't care for your mind, it'll fall apart. You don't take care at your job, take care at your career, take care at work, it'll fall apart. Anything you don't take care of or take control of will fall apart. Nothing goes to greater order by uh, default. It doesn't work that way. You have to work to bring order. You have to dedicate to bring order. And that's why we do what we do. That's why the Bible has so much to say about set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth, right? Take control of every thought. Take it captive. Make it obey Jesus Christ. You know, all the things that we're commanded to do are different ways of taking control of the soul, taking control of the flesh. That's what we're commanded to do. See, because the true you, the true me, is the spirit man. That's the true you, the true me. And you, as I taught yesterday, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And so you have to take control. Fasting and prayer is one of the ways to do that. And again, I'll, I'll quickly go through these. Number one, if you don't understand the purpose, then you won't fast. Don't understand the purpose of fasting, you won't fast. Number two, if you don't ingest the word of God daily, which is why we're doing 90 days, read the Bible in 90 days, miracleword.com forward slash study. Download the PDF, grab a hold of this plan, and get ready to run in this new year. Thank you, for, Denise, for sowing a seed. We appreciate you. Number three, praying on a daily basis. Pray for at least an hour a day while you're fasting. Stay in the presence of God. Position yourself. Create your own wilderness experience. Create your own place where you are separated unto God and you're not distractions aren't going to take you out. And then as, as we're doing it, I pray that you're doing this with us. Decide to start. And I write this, I put it in big letters <laughs> right at the beginning. You may have seen me post it on uh, social media. I put it, some of these chapters have big pull quotes at the very beginning of the chapter. This one says, there will never be a convenient time to fast. You have to dedicate your time to the Lord. There will never be. You know, that's, that keeps people from starting. Well, I'm just waiting until things kind of slow down a little bit. You'll be waiting a long time. The download is a PDF, printable PDF of the reading plan, the 90-day Bible reading plan. That's what the download is. Um, but if you don't dedicate your time to the Lord, there'll never be a convenient time. Stuff always comes up. Birthday dinners and get-togethers and work get-togethers and all this stuff. All this stuff. So you have to make a choice. 
that I am going to fast and pray. I'm going to fast and pray. I don't care what's going on around me. The Lord commanded it. He's the one who set it in motion. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to seek him. And it really comes down with this. <laughs> yeah, that's not a problem, Sharon, because Jesus commanded it. And it's actually extremely healthy for you. I deal with that in the book in depth in a, in a chapter entitled, What Will Fasting Do to My Body? There's not a problem with fasting. It's very, very healthy for your body. It's healthy for your blood. It's healthy for you to break sugar addictions. It breaks a, a carb addiction, obesity. It causes your stem cells to regenerate. It's good for your liver. It's good for your kidneys. It's good for every part of your body. And there is no restrictive dieting that does not, you can't choose to just lose fat. So anybody that tells you like, what Sharon is saying on Facebook is that it not, not only takes fat away, but it takes muscle away. Remember this, there is no dieting that you can do that only removes fat from your body, but doesn't remove muscle. Any restrictive diet that you do, including keto, including paleo, any diet, Jenny Craig, if you're losing weight, you will lose muscle weight and fat. You can't choose to only lose fat. Doesn't work that way. And so if you want to get the book, the book is available on Amazon right now. And uh, the, the ebook is available on Kindle right now. Uh, if you want to get the ebook, Daniel has a question. Um, any advice for not indulging when coming off an extended fast? Yes. I, in the frequently asked questions section of the book, we deal with how should I end my fast? How should I begin my fast? Um, Daniel, to answer your question, how should we uh, not overindulge, I guess would be the better term because you will, what will happen is <clears throat> your, your hunger goes down as you fast. Like your, 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 your hunger will subside after, you know, a number of days. Uh, the book is called a complete guide to biblical fasting, a complete guide to biblical fasting. Um, and one of the things you have to be careful of, really they say this, uh, for every seven days that you fast totally, you should take one day to ease back into eating. For every seven days you fast totally, especially if you're doing water only, you should take se uh, one day to come back into eating. Eat, eat very light, greens, salads, you know, that kind of stuff, fresh fruit, come in easy. Uh, and that way it won't hurt you when you come back in, your digestive system starts back up again. And that, that's what I would do. Because what will happen is the moment you start eating, your hunger comes back like a storm. Like you get ravenous. Don't fall into the trap like I've done of like fasting for five, seven, ten days and then coming off the fast by going through the Burger King drive-thru. Don't do that. Don't go to Taco Bell. Promise you don't do that. Sarah is asking, do you have any prayer points for the new year? Yes. I put a hundred of them in this book at the end of the book that you can use during your time of prayer and fasting. And so grab them. Uh, it, it'll help you. But that's a great question because many people don't use wisdom uh, when they're coming off of a fast. Please use wisdom and ease back in. It is, pass it is possible, uh, Manny, to fast for 40 days. Uh, Pastor Brian Wright, who's on uh, the broadcast with us right now, has done it multiple times. And I know many men of God that have fasted for 40 days. It is possible. Your body can actually go for quite some time without food, as long as you have water. 
Some churches like the six to six fasting plan for the 21 days. If that's what you can do, Jeff, do it. I include that in the book. I talk about the six to six fast. It is in the Bible. It's in Judges, I believe chapter 20. Uh, we deal with that. Uh, it's not only in Judges 20, it's in other portions of scripture. I believe in first and second Samuel, they fasted from sun up to sundown. That is not a Muslim fast. That was in the Bible hundreds of years before Islam was even a religion. And so it, it is a biblical fast. And if that's what people can do, I encourage people. And, and here's what I tell people. If you are going to do a six to six fast where you're going to uh, eat at night, like a meal, you know, a, a dinner meal or whatever, do only water from the time you wake up until, I mean, really dedicate yourself. I mean, you're going to be eating anyway in the evening. Take that time to really pray, seek the face of God and, and go after it. I agree with Sarah. Remember to drink water during the fast. I tell people that they should drink two to three liters of water a day while they're fasting. It's good for you. Um, and you need it, especially for your organs. Um, I wouldn't take pre-workout. I wouldn't even work out, Manny. If you're fasting, focus on fasting. I wouldn't take pre-workout and I wouldn't work out. Um, you know, pray, you know, spend your time, Fabiola, in prayer. You know, like you may get through that. You might go to 20 prayer points a day as your time. Of prayer. Just be led by the spirit. You know, you don't have to be, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a cut and dried kind of a thing, but uh, be led by the spirit as you're fasting and praying. Excellent questions. Um, of course, we have two days left that we're eating today and tomorrow. Any other questions regarding fasting as we're getting ready to jump into the fast? Um, because I understand that people do have questions and we'll probably take some more, uh, tomorrow as well before we get going. I'm glad Jaden, your book's coming on the third. I'm glad you're going to enjoy it. And again, for those of you that have been waiting, uh, for the ebook, the Kindle version's up now. Samara said, are protein shakes cheating? I wouldn't do protein shakes, uh, smoothies or milkshakes unless you work a heavy job like construction or something where you're expending a lot of energy. Uh, I would just drink, um, you know, water, tea, coffee, juice, that kind of thing. Um, I know a family who will not eat after 5 p.m. How would they fast if they were going to give a meal? They would just fast. Some people say don't play video games while fasting. It's not that you can't. It's just that you shouldn't fill your time with that while you're fasting. Don't waste your time. Am I, I'm, I'm missing any uh, questions under that one? Just, it's not that you can't play video games or listen to music or go on social media. It's just that don't let that take up all your time. Manny, while you're fasting, go, go down lower. I just had seen Manny's. I didn't know if anybody else after that. Right. Yeah, I agree, Sarah. I mean, like, you know, you don't want to... I, I talked about that yesterday, listening to too many voices. You don't want to listen to too many voices. You want to stay on your word, your prophetic word, and you want to press in for what God has for you personally uh, as you're moving into the new year. And that's why I say, uh, you know, study the word, listen to preaching and teaching, but you don't need to be spending, uh, you know, all of your time on social media, movies, Netflix, video games, whatever. Manny, my book does talk about the 40-day fast. Yes, it does. I cover every length of fast that's in the Bible in the book. Every length of fast. Even the unspecified lengths, we talk about that in a section. And it'll help you. 
You can grab the ebook if you'd like. You can grab the paperback if you'd like. But I, I'm, I'm serious about this because I have, a, I have such an expectancy in my spirit for this new year. As you know, we've been talking about the fact we're going to run in 2021. And I'm pumped. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, Manny. Just go to Amazon and type in uh, a complete guide to biblical fasting. Looks just like that. Can we give the close up one more time? Or put the slide up. If you got the slide of the ebook and the paperback, looks like this, Manny. Thanks for joining us. Everybody on YouTube, welcome Manny. He's new to the videos, just jumping in. We're glad to have you here. Glad you're on. That's what the book looks like, Manny. And anybody else that wants to know what they're looking for when they go on Amazon, that's the cover. The, the, um, the title, once again, A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. So the paperback is the quickest way to get it. Right now, don't order it on our website because we're still literally waiting to get ours from Amazon. But if you want it as the fast is beginning, order it directly from Amazon. And the same, the Kindle ebook version is live right now. And then within the next you know, 24 to 48 hours, apparently, the Apple Books, if you're an Apple Books user and that's where you buy all your ebooks, it will be available in Apple Books uh, within the next day or two, you know, probably right at the beginning of the fast. So <laughs> Sam said, is steroids okay? while on the fast. I would take as many steroids as possible while you're fasting. It's really, really good. Yep, Manny, we're happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, Jaden. I appreciate that. My cousin did that, that cover, and I really like it. I think it's the best one we've ever had for any book. Any other questions before I pray for you today at all? I love the questions, and that's why I even did a frequently asked questions section, because we do get a lot of questions every time we're getting ready to start a fast. And, um, and so I wanted to help people as much as possible so that we understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. When I Once I understood the power of fasting, why we do it and what we're doing, it changed my whole mindset, changed my whole mindset about fasting and it allowed me to jump in and stay faithful and see the benefits of it. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely cover more of that as we're going into the fast. Happy New Year's to you. Let me pray for you guys uh, right now before we do anything else. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we are so thankful on this final day of the year for all that you've done in the year of 2020. Thank you, Lord, for violent increase. Thank you, Lord, for expedited favor. You have done what others would have called impossible in a year that looked like it was filled with crisis. You gave us increase on every side, and we thank you, and you get all the praise for it. You get all the glory for it. Nobody can do what you do. And so we thank you. Now, Lord, we are expectant for this new year. We are expectant for great things to take place. We have faith that you're going to do the impossible yet again. It's going to be an even greater year than this one was. We declare it now. As you spoke, we're going to run in 2021 with a new momentum, new power, make a new impact It'll be greater than we've ever done. And we thank you, Lord, that you'll be the cause of it and get the glory for it. Put a burning desire in our hearts to please you, to seek you, to serve you. And let this be a year that our faithfulness and dedication to your kingdom go to a new level in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, somebody throw some fire in the comments section and give God some praise for as we're getting ready to cross over into a new year. Uh, somebody had a question just above. Did I miss it? I was praying in the midst of some questions coming in. 
Uh, how do you deal with distractions like family members that don't necessarily respect my separating myself? Um, you know, you don't have to be mean to your family members. I'm just saying like, you know, don't do flippant things. You know, don't be flippant about your fasting and, and, and go around just doing stuff that you would normally do when you're not fasting. You know, they may not appreciate the fact you're not eating and all that, but you know, that's their problem. You're obeying the word of God. And so uh, you don't have to cut your family members off during fasting and prayer, but you know, we're not doing all the same stuff that we do when we're not fasting and praying. Let me encourage you. This is the final day of 2020. And I want to encourage you to sow a seed that means something to you, that will put you in position for what God has for your life, your ministry, your family, your business in 2021. Tonight, Carolyn and I and many of us at our church here at Abundant Life are going to sow a seed in expectation for the new year. It's going to be the largest seed we've ever sown in the history of our life. And we do that every year to keep ourselves in a place of dedication and expectancy. I want to encourage you to do the same. This is a time to position yourself for the best year you've ever had. Part of that is what you sow determines what you will reap. People have already been sowing today. There's been people that have already jumped on the website and sown seeds. But let me encourage you. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you today to do something largely that you've never done before. Maybe it's $1,000. Maybe it's 10000 Maybe the Lord's speaking to you to sow $50,000 as we're getting ready to jump into worldwide ministry in 2021. You're a part of that. But God's positioning you for the greatest year you've ever had. Take a moment and sow that seed today. What you can do very easily, go to miracleword.com and you can click on the button there to give. Of course, you know all that we're doing at this ministry, feeding hundreds of children every day. We're preaching the gospel all over the world, getting ready now to literally preach the gospel worldwide weekly, every single week beginning in, in 2021. And you're a part of that. So I want to encourage you, put yourself in position. The Lord's speaking to you right now. Those of you that are a part of this uh, ministry, as Pastor Bill Motley said in the comments, a seed changes everything. There's nothing God did in the world, in the history of the world, without a seed. Always started with a seed. Christ was a seed. He was the incorruptible seed of the word that produced the harvest of what we have today all around the world. And so it always begins with a seed. Your harvest must answer the seed that you're sowing. And so here's what I'm, I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to be prayerful. Say, Lord, what can I do now that will put me in position for 2021? What seed can I sow in this moment on the final day of 2020 in dedication that will put me in position for the greatest year that I've ever had? And you can go to miracleword.com. If you're in the United States, you can use PayPal or Cash App, Venmo. All that information is on the website. You can see it on the screen. And then if you're on Facebook, Twitter, or Periscope, you can use hashtag donate as others have done to sow a seed uh, into this ministry. And we say a big thank you. Thank you to every partner that's been standing with us through the whole year. We appreciate you. And then, of course, this is the final day. If you'd like to receive uh, either of these three books that we have for the month of December, uh, we're focused on healing. And this is what we have for you. Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne, Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth, or my father's book, 40 Years of Marriage and Ministry, where he chronicles his travels, his, the miracles he's seen that God's performed. Uh, there's pictures, there's uh, stories. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. 
uh, and he'll sign it to you as well. All you got to do to receive yours, if you're sowing today, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer, and then you can fill out the form. Let us know how you gave, and we will uh, send it to the address that you give us uh, there on the form. Very, very excited for tonight as we're crossing over, and uh, tomorrow is a new year. It's amazing. We're stepping into 2021 in victory. We're running into 2021. On this final day of 2020, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for standing with us. It's been a great, great year. Yeah, we have that. I'm a Pentecostal ready to go. Uh, Indiana Bible College. I'm a Pentecostal. We'll do that to, to, uh, to finish in a moment. But not, not power, but um, I'm a Pentecostal. You don't have it up? Can you put it in real quick? Um, on this fi final day of 2020, let me say how much I love you and how much I appreciate you. And uh, I really do. I think we already have it in the Dropbox, uh, Tiff, if you, if you look to see. I think we downloaded it because I wanted to always have that uh, ready to roll. Well, I think we have not only the... Uh, the California, what's the name of that church? C CLC? That's the true Jesus only. <laughs> that's the true Jesus only uh, uh, crowd. And that's actually who wrote that song, by the way, Linnean, if you didn't know. Nathan Haney, who was the head of the United Pentecostal Church, uh, wrote that song, I'm a Pentecostal. It is uh, a UPC song. But we got Indiana Bible College doing it, which I love that version as well. Uh, really great. Or no, not in the Bible College, but it was me doing it. It was me doing it. It should be under the videos tab um, in Dropbox for live streams. I love that song. We did this at our camp meeting in uh, February, Signs and Wonders Camp Meeting here, which is happening again. And by the way, all of the meetings are um, listed at miracleward.com schedule and we want to see you we want to see you live yeah that's the one yeah i think that's the one right there perfect yeah we're gonna we're gonna give you that Ann requested it and apparently today on the last day of the year we're taking requests and so as we're getting ready to say goodbye we love you there's no actual better way to end the year than praising god for the holy ghost and so we're thankful for the holy ghost we're crossing over I'll see you next year. I've been waiting 365 days to say that. I'll 66 this year. I'll see you next year. We love you. Have a great New Year's Eve tonight. Have a great New Year's Eve service if you're going to church. Sow your seed. Prep yourself for the new year. Be blessed. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.